Listener Production. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of That's Enough Already. It's me, Ursula Carlson. This week I'm chatting to good mate of mine, Peter Hellier. You would have seen him on everything, literally everything in Australia. He has been on television everywhere. He has toured and he is fresh out of the jungle. Peter Hellier shares his experience on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here and the reason why there was tight security on set. Guys with guns. Guys with big guns in Africa. Who would have thought it? He's also been backpacking by himself. Hell no, that would be too easy with a wife and three children. Gets a squeeze on. You'll see. Have a listen. Peter Hellier is touring Deconstructed Origami live across the country. Visit comedy.com.au for dates and tickets. Also, Peter's episode of Who Do You Think You Are will premiere on SBS and SBS On Demand on Tuesday the 6th of June at 7.30pm. Now that's a show I'll never do. My family's too weird for me to ever want to find out who they are. Stay hidden. Shh. That's quite enough. Oh, just, just shut your mouth. I don't give a stuff. Shush, please. Uh-huh. Yes, I can hear. Down, but please. I don't care. That's enough already. Where are you, Ashley? Um, this, I'm just in my office at home in Auckland. Bought this wallpaper during lockdown. Oh, what you don't know about me, Peter, um, Jason, Matthew, Hillier, is that I am massively into DIY because I was going to wrap my freezer in it because I don't like bland nothing. I don't like <laughs> white or silver appliances. I've never considered or heard of anybody considering wallpapering their their fridge or freezer. That's That's... Incredible. I would love, you know, a lot of comedians do merch. I'm not sure if you yeah. do merch. I'm sure you probably do. But nobody does white goods merch. <laughs> so I'd love if you, people walking out of an Ursula Carlson gig and you're in a foyer just with white goods, but they're, they're, yeah, they're wallpaper. They've they got patterns no, no, on them. No, no, but I, like, I do it by order. Like as they line up, uh, people can go like, the, you know how they'll go, there's someone with a clipboard, they go like three or four people, which one do you want? And then they'll ask, and as they come to the front, I'm just in my denim dungarees with my putty knife and a glue brush and just putting the glue on the paper <laughs> and then loading it on a van for you as we come. This is the kind of service I, I offer. It. Like the show is an hour and a half and then after the show is an eight-hour ordeal. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you said that uh, Bunnings is closed yeah. in New Zealand. It's funny because we all have these different experiences you know, state to state and city to city, and because Bunnings was a real life, Bunnings and Dan Murphy's yeah. in, in you know in, in, certainly in Victoria and I think across yeah. Australia was a real lifeline for so many people. I can't imagine. I mean, I must say I didn't lean on Bunnings because I, I, I'm the opposite of you. I, I don't do the DIY. My my wife Bridge is the traditional man of the house, if you like. Um, <laughs> she went to Bunnings a lot, and. Um, and really relied on it. Yeah. So, but it's funny because I was, uh, and every other lesbian in Victoria. <laughs> what a confident man you are, Peter yeah. Hillier. Like, no, Bridge, you go. You go. Yeah. All these lesbians now can that I think step about it, like, actually. Is this a woman by herself? Let me help. <laughs> All of a sudden, there's going to be brand new interest in the Hillier house. I'll fucking come with you. I saw Jane at Bunnings. No, no, it's fine. You stay home. You stay home. I'll have a cup of tea when I get back. Why don't you see if we've got biscuits? I'll be right back. No, 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 I'll come with you. No, no. Pete, I insist you're fucking staying home. She's got a secret tool belt in the spare wheel. You know where the spare wheel is? She just whips it out when she gets to Bunnings. So all the lesbians are like, hey, Bridge is here. 
I wonder, you know, because it happens with married couples as they get older, my, my in-laws, for example. Yeah. So when he retired, when the kids got older, she all she wanted was some time to herself just to, you know, have a little bit of yeah, freedom. But he retired, so he was like, no, let's spend all that time together yeah. now. She's like, no, but maybe it was actually because she went to Bunnings and, um, you know. Yeah. Something to do a few yeah, lady lesbians. If you if you look hard enough in the plumbing oil, you're gonna find the honey pot, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean a hungry lesbian for those they playing the home game. They don't cover this in any of those bunnings ads, by the way. I would like to see one just like uh, you know, uh, a lesbian just telling it like it is yeah. on one of those Bunnings ads. Just go, yeah, aisle seven. That's where you find your honey pot. Yeah, well, if that, if that, anyone that. from um, Bunnings is listening, Pete and I will front your ads from now on. Um, you know, well, <laughs> we want to be really involved in the creative aspect of it. And uh, we've got some talent in Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> How about, how about you? You're in the front doing the Bunnings ad, talking about you know the you know, the lady lesbians of Bunnings, and I'm I'm in the background just looking for Bridge, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like calling out in the background. Bridge, and then at the end, Bridge. at the end, she finds the honey pot, and we beat it by fifteen percent her enjoyment level. <laughs> uh, I, I think Bunnings are going to go for yeah. this. I really I mean, think, I think they why are. Why would you not? Hey, how was South Africa? So for those playing the home game, um, Pete was just on. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Well, it was it was great. It was you know it's weird because when you agree to do a show like that, I've never done a reality show before. Um, I thought I'd never do that show. Like, I just thought there's no show that I look at and kind of go, I, I think I could even contribute to that show. You know, um, you know, Dancing with the Stars. Like it, it'd be like funny for like. 30 seconds, like halfway through to Nutbush. Like that, that'd, be, that'd be kind of funny. And then it'd be like, this is awful. Yeah. Like, get him off. This is, this. and I'll probably be the first contestant ever to have an, like a, a visible erection on stage. <laughs> they get all too close to each other, yeah. like for my, you know, uh, for my comfort levels. Um, you know, when you start doing the salsas and, you know, and all of that, it's just like, nah. They'd have to put you as a dude. <laughs> yeah, they would, they would. And the same thing would happen. <laughs> <laughs> For both of you, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the parallel bars. <laughs> we have a little gymnast. Look like those in. things that you walk through at the supermarket that you push your trolley through. And when you're little, you're so scared it won't give way. <laughs> but they always give way. <laughs> you just can't go back the wrong way, then it hurts. <laughs> You can't come back. No, no, you can't come back. it just hurts. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it just right. <laughs> I was but wondering no. how long this would take to go to full. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised it's taking this long, to be honest. I, I um, and there'll be more of it. There will be more. Although of it. I did talk about nailing your wife in the honey pot in all seven at Bunnings, so <laughs> I love that that wasn't full. <laughs> Well, it is it is funny because yeah, you, you met my, we did a gig together in in, in uh, Perth many years ago. That was I'm not sure it was the first time we met, but we got to hang yeah, out a little bit. Yeah. And then and my wife was over there, Bridge was over there. She's a big fan, and she wanted to come to your show. And I was like, yeah, let's go. And then I I couldn't go, so she brought a friend. And it's just become their tradition that they come to your show. Like I'm not invited. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if I was to come to your show with them, I think I'd have to sit elsewhere. Yeah. But now I think I'm starting to join some pieces here now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Meet this friend, Join the dots. 
Yeah, there is no friend. <laughs> no, no, they they love doing DIY together. <laughs> they met at Bunnings a few years ago. <laughs> right, yeah. So, so reality TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, reality TV, and I can't sing. So you know, um, I remember seeing Barry Hall, an AFL footballer, in like a grave. Covered in rats, yeah. and I just remember saying, "I'm not. I'm never going on that show. I just. I can't do it." And then, yeah, they they kind of made a <laughs> a generous offer, and they got my attention. And I did. So saying yes, it was um, it was a big thing of a big leap out of my comfort yeah. zone to kind of go, "Okay, I'm putting my faith in other people." The, one of the questions I've been asked a lot is like, "How, like, how real is it? How do they?" You know, are you eating on the off camera? And it's like, no, they what you see is what what you get. Like, I think once or twice they might have brought us down some watermelon or something like that as a bit of a treat yeah. because they were setting up something and they took longer than they. It was something like that. Yeah, you'd be walking around and in the parameters of the camp, the perimeter of the camp, they have like guy, like Africans with guns. You know, making sure the wrong wildlife does. You know, yeah. they, they can keep them away. So it's kind of. It's it's full on, and if you leave camp to go do a trial, they blindfold you and walk you through the jungle, and it's it's um it was great. I had a great time. I'm pro- at some stage now that I said yes to this show. At some stage, I'm probably gonna have to eat a penis or or something. Yeah. You're like that's that's like the likely no other show. You know, no other show. Did I have to eat a penis? Yeah. I mean, outside of Rove, and he was very, he was very gentle with yeah. me. Um, um, but, um, and dancing with the stars, <laughs> <laughs> which I never made it to air. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it wasn't just, called for. Um, uh, <laughs> it wasn't in the choreography. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you you keep offering. <laughs> yeah, no. There's nobody wanted to <laughs> take go there yeah. with me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I grew up on a farm called Ingualala. Uh, I was there the year before COVID hit and they were recording and I was texting Julia because I was visiting family in the area and I could see the mountains where they were and I said, uh, I'm in the area. And she goes, come, you can be do like a guest appearance. I'm like, fuck no, I don't want to be, I don't want to give Channel 10 any ideas. As it is, I'm struggling to get them off my ass to do that show. I actually, in my show this year, my festival show, I say, I'm never going to do, I'm a celebrity. I don't have the temperament, like I'm quite fiery. Um, and I said, I will put it in, you know, how you can put in your contract certain things. I said, I'll put it in that I'll be, go on that show, but at the end, like every episode I'm allowed to give one of the other contents, contestants a running headbutt in the mouth. And then I go, <laughs> you'll just be going, oh, my God, I can't believe she killed Peter Hellier. And it gets a big laugh every time. <laughs> I just thought I have to make it another comic. I don't want to. I don't want to make it just a normal civilian. You yeah. know, like it has to be another comic. Like we've got beef or something. <laughs> you know? like, Whenever somebody, and then the Zim rang me once a few years ago and said, "I've got a joke that I want to do," um, and about how all white babies look the same, and like all basically all white babies basically look like Peter Hallier. <laughs> 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 that also gets a big laugh. I've been in the room when he's done it. <laughs> yeah, but it was quite a compliment. I think it's quite a compliment when comedians are using you in punchlines because yeah. it feels like you are part of this kind of fraternity. Yeah, I've got one uh, in, in my show at the moment where it's Rebecca Gibney yeah. and it's just, and it's got nothing, there's no meanness at all. It could be anyone, yeah. but I just like, 
try a few different people and I just landed on Rebecca Gibney yeah. and um, it kind of works works for the bit. Sometimes I'll, I'll I get suggestions from the audience of who it might be, but those things are not without consideration. Yeah, because you, know, like- you are like the nicest nice guy in the industry. There's two people in the industry, you and Nazim, that I've never heard anyone talk shit about. Yeah, I, I I talk a lot of shit about Nazim behind his back, to be honest. So this, I mean, this. Oh, me too. I've been trying to start rumors. I heard he was the other nice guy in the industry, yeah. so I was like, no, I can't have that. Yeah. No, but you see how I went, you and Nazim, and then I go, oh, I have heard one person talk shit about Nazim. It's me. <laughs> 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 I mean, he's not all that, you know. Sure, he's younger, he's more handsome, but, you know, he's not all that. He's not all that. Naz, you're right. Naz is absolutely one of the, the nicest guys, but he has quite like a an angrier stage presence yes. and it's really, I love watching him perform stand-up knowing how nice he is. And I had the same thing with Ronnie Chang, even more so. Yeah. Like Ronnie is super aggressive on stage yeah. and, and, and super cutting and but he is the, maybe the most polite guy I've ever I've ever met in my life. Yeah, like, yeah real yeah. considerate too of everything, and I was like, it's fucking great. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Whereas love I'm it. just a bitch on and off. I'm always just a. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're always, always. Is there a reality show that exists that you would do? Um. I honestly don't have the temperament because I, I, I can't be quiet if something is not right. Like if I ever go on one of those shows, my entire um, clips would just be and you they'll just have to beat the fuck out of me. I just can't. I can't tolerate <laughs> other people's shit. Even as a judge on The Masked Singer, I'll tell you what happened. The very first episode, so I – got the call to fill in for Lindsay Lohan because I didn't want to do that show either. But because we had been in lockdown for so long, but I just thought, okay, I'll, I'll go do it. <clears throat> so sit down. Uh, so I'm on the <laughs> on the panel for The Masked Singer and the producer keeps yelling in my ear. I have to stand up and dance. And I'm like, I just ignore it because I'm not, that's not me. Like I'm not a jump up and dance kind of gal. I'm not a overly enthusiastic <laughs> clap and woo! Like that's not me. That's the other girls. That's their natural personality, but that ain't me. So I'm like, I, I just ignore her. Yeah. And I just took the earpiece out and I threw it on the desk and I just sort of clapped. Because they live. They literally sing live. Like you're not, they're not stopping the costume because the performance in there, all of that is live. They don't pre-record shit. Yeah. So um, they singing when they finish, they go off and then the sound guy crawls up the stairs behind me. And he goes, can you put your earpiece back in? And I put the earpiece in. You know, when yeah. you when you hire somebody, whether it's for an acting gig or a judging on a reality show, understand what their comfort levels are, yeah. understand what they're prepared to give, what, what they're not prepared to give. Yeah. You know, Husey will do anything. I mean, Husey's not a stand-up and dance kind of guy, obviously, yeah. based on the way he dances. Yeah, uh, but and he's that's happy with to do choreography. <laughs> I've got the choreographer working with him for hours. <laughs> Oh, that is one of the saddest things I've ever heard in my life then. (laughs) Yeah, but I was just like, that's not who I am. I don't slowly get pissed off. I don't slowly go, oh, I'm really upset. This is, you know, I'm not that person. I'm like, Mm. what's happening is not right. I'm going to deal to it right now. And I would have done the same thing. I would have taken the earpiece out. But maybe that's what I would have done actually, just take the earpiece out again. Yeah. And gone. I make the sound guy crawl back up to me and go, um, I think your EP's dropped out again. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just quickly ask you, 
Um, there's two things that I read up about you that really bothers me. Oh, no. Okay. So number one, you and Bridge took the boys backpacking for how long and why Why would you do that? It was about uh, six weeks. So it wasn't like it, it wasn't a year or anything. It was six weeks. And we weren't like. We weren't staying at like youth hostels. Okay, because that's <laughs> like, what I'm picturing. You got some bunk beds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> imagine, imagine being like the the sixth person in that room. This like yeah. there's, there's, there's got five Halliers <laughs> and one other person. One, one, That'll one, be my luck. Be- dude from Belgium. <laughs> it's just like bloody hell. <laughs> I decided years ago that we just wanted to um, not give up on traveling. Yeah. Like we just, I think we got to the point where we were like, I guess we won't travel for a long time now. Yeah. Um, and we both love traveling and we both traveled a fair bit before we met each other. We just decided, like, let's not forsake traveling. Like, yeah. let's make that part of our lives. So the idea was that every two years we'd go on this kind of big trip. It was just the kids had their own backpacks each and, and, um, and we just caught trains and, like, in a way, it is insane. I had a real melancholy during um, lockdown where I thought, oh, our family holidays are kind of over. You know, oh, like, yeah. yeah, I've got a 20-year-old and an 18-year-old. What was actually great about the going to do um, South Africa is Channel 10 flew my family out after I was yeah. eliminated. So I, we got to spend, you know, about 10 days together in South Africa and it was just it was amazing. I say you're you're crazy taking your kids. We we took ours when my son my son turned one in Edinburgh. Oh wow! So he was still baby, baby, and my daughter's three and a half years older, and we were on the road for four and a half months. Wow! Just you know everywhere: LA, Africa, Europe, um, and then through Australia back home. And then um, at night, my mother-in-law, my friend would watch them and I'd go do the show and then come back. Or some nights they would come with me and sit backstage like little production people and smoke cigarettes and have a bad attitude. (laughs) 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 The other thing, quickly before I forget, that I was shocked because you were born in 1975, so you're my vintage. You can't drive a manual. Yeah. Okay, that's all I need to know. Pack your wife's bags. Yeah, it's, she's it's, coming with me to Pride next year. <laughs> can she drive a manual? Yeah, no. she can. Of course, she can. She's, she, you know, you, you know, she's amazing. Um, the the first night uh, when I was in the jungle, after I put my hand in that box of snakes, and then I found a key. That's what I was rummaging around mm. for. There's a box of snakes, and I put, I found this key, and that key, and I was like, bloody, hell, I feel really good because I'm, I'm out of the, um, I'm out of the box of snakes, and that key started the car. Mm. And that car, they then told me it was manual. Oh. That, that was scarier. That was worse news. Take me back to the snakes. Putting my hand into a box of snakes. So I'm like, oh, I can't. And now, great, I can't drive manual. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll just hang with the snakes yeah. for a bit longer. Honestly, wait, okay. do you have a grave with some rats that I can go in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bring on the rats. I'm okay with the rats. <laughs> the first time I, I was invited to do the Celebrity Grand Prix, and they were, I think the Mini Coopers at the time. And they were manual. And I thought, I won't say anything. I'll just learn how to drive. So I learned how to drive. And after the first day, you know, one of the legends, you know, Alan Moffat, or I think it might have been, stands at the front of the classroom and says, and he holds up a clutch and it's just been burnt through. And he says, now, we're not going to say who this was, but, you know, somebody has burnt through a clutch. And um, if you don't know how to drive a manual, just talk to us. Or if you're trying too hard, you know, talk to us. We'll find where your level's at. 
and he, and he, he kind of said, I'm sorry, we're not going to say who it was. And I just put up my hand. I said, it was me. <laughs> it's, it's the first I've ever driven manual. <laughs> like, I burnt through another one a few days later. And they said, well, okay, what, what don't you understand? Like, what are you trying? Are you, are you trying to be funny by burning? You know, they're being very nice yeah. about it. But they say, it's just like a joke you're going for, like burning through clutches. And I said, no, I'm just trying to win. <laughs> and they said, oh, no, no, no don't, don't, no. We don't want you to try to win. Yeah. <laughs> just hang at the back and just be funny yeah. in the interviews yeah. but not when you're racing. Yeah. I want to do that Grand Prix. I will win and be funny. I'm not sure. I don't think they do it anymore. I think after a while um, there was too many kind of accidents. Yeah, because they, they burned through too many clutches. Someone fucked it for everyone else. Too many clutches. <laughs> I heard it's your fault. But if you ever get a chance, if I ever bring it back, you should lobby for it. It's a great experience. I will. I'll go harder than Tom Gleason on a gold Logie. Hi. Um, Hi. <laughs> <laughs> let me That's ask you. Hard. What? Um, what about other people's shit you to absolute tears? The thing that really gets my go is if I'm if I'm at traffic lights and like we're turning like right and you're you're at the front of the queue. You need to fucking pay attention. Yeah. Pay attention. Like you should always be paying attention anyway, but there's nothing worse than somebody at the front in pole position to go back to, you know, racing parlance um, who, and they they basically, they wait six seconds because they're they're distracted. It's like, no, you've got to take the responsibility of being first and take it seriously. Yeah. And when that green light, when when that green arrow comes, you're fucking off. Yeah. And I, I pride myself in how quickly I can respond to the I'm exactly arrow. the same. Sometimes there's even a bit of as I pull off, but uh, I, I get it done. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm like, you can't dilly-dally, not when there's a whole queue behind you. And what's the thing about you that shit you to tears? So I, I think I should actually be easier on myself to actually relax if I get some spare time, whether it's a day or a, an hour or whatever, I still need to kind of remind myself that, yeah, you just work odd hours. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, if, if, if you want to have a relaxing morning, have a relaxing morning. If you, you know, yeah. because it'll be next week, you have no relaxing mornings. Yeah. So just, yeah, lean into that a bit. Yeah. And also I think this industry kind of puts that panic in your soul where you're like, oh, what if I say no to this and they never offer again? And I'll never work and then we have to starve and we all have to rely on the 20-year-old with the attitude problem to look after <laughs> us, you know. Bridget often say, not, not so much anymore because her kids are a bit older, but she, she say, oh, wait, till you, wait till your father gets home. She used to do a bit of that, but then she'll forget to tell me. Yeah. So, yeah, like I got home and then like the kids would say, oh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sorry about what happened. And I'm like, what happened? I don't even know. Yeah. I'm like, and then I have to like act like I was mad and and. Because you say, oh, your dad's pretty furious about this. And yeah. <laughs> I get home and, hey, kids. Yeah, yeah, no, totally unaware. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, you, you know how hard it is when two lesbians are raising kids. We have to go, you just wait forever. <laughs> <laughs> we have no one to threaten them with. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Hi, Pete. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. There were so many things I had written down that I'm like, oh, I must ask you about this. And then I've just completely, I just had such a nice chat. Oh, mate, that was, uh, that was so much fun. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of That's Enough Already, hosted by me, Ursula Carlson, and produced by Natalie Turner. The supervising producer was Nick McClure, and special thanks to Ella Leaf and Big Sutherland. Couldn't do it without you, girls. If you like this podcast, remember to subscribe, share it with all of your friends, tell your mum, tell your sister, don't tell that annoying brother of yours, you know, but definitely share it with a friend. 